Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the Shoots and Jobbers Wrestling Podcast. Today we have an interview for you, me and Fergus. Say hello Fergus. Hello Fergus. Brilliant, so funny. <laughs> we are sitting down with not just a man but an experience, the Elliot Jordan experience. Nice to have you in the show mate, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. No, no thank you for coming on. Oh, uh, we just want to say that unfortunately Tom's not here uh, yeah. because many of you know that he uh, he's foreign, so he's a bit jet lagged. So he decided he's he can't come on today. Sure, I mean Sean's the foreign one, but uh, anyway. Um, so for people at home, Elliot, do you want to just uh, sorry the Elliot Jordan experience? Uh, do you sort of just want to do you sort of just want to introduce yourself? Uh, how you got started and whatnot, really? Um, yeah, that, well, that's a bit open-ended, I suppose, isn't it? And I am the Elite Jordan Experience, the most streamlined and aerodynamic entity in professional wrestling today. Um, I've been wrestling six years, six years now, and current Kamikaze Pro Relentless Division champion, longest reigning as well, uh, and that was longest Everyone. reigning before lockdown started. <laughs> and, uh, God, just want to get that out there, yeah. Um, it wasn't just that you you've won the title and then you're like, you know, what, we'll go into lockdown now, so no one can defeat me. <laughs> That's, it, man. Like, That's smart, to be fair. If anyone did that, it'd be pretty smart. If, I mean, if people still want to challenge me, like I've got my back garden or something, but oh, not, that would be so good. That would actually be sick. I, I, I keep looking over my shoulder for Darius with his uh, briefcase, expecting him to catch me like, when I'm on pit or something. So. But no, um, I was just like getting into wrestling. Uh, literally, just I didn't even watch it till I was about 21, till I was in uh, second year at uni. We got Sky in the house we moved into and just started what, like, it was just on pre drinks one time. Uh, and then we just, we just kept on watching it, got into it a bit. Um, and then I worked at Walkabout at the time. And the, right, the yeah. guy, he went to a training school in the area. Uh, Took me along one time and then just completely, completely fell in love. Yeah, that's sick. Um, yeah, we, that's we like, we didn't really start. Well, I know I didn't start getting into wrestling until I was like seventeen, sixteen, uh, mm-hmm. through like the NXT tournament, uh, the UK one. And now, like, obviously, we have got a podcast. I'm training, uh, and yeah. the same with. I feel like that's the same with you, Sean. Like, it wasn't until we were at uni. Yeah, kind of. I mean. Together. I, I first started watching wrestling when I was like uh, 11. An and then I watched lad. Uh, Yeah, and then I watched it for like two or three years, but and I was really into it. But then I didn't have any friends who were into it. So I, and it, it was like, it came to like WWE 20, like 14, 15, and it kind of went down a slope. And I was like, I'm not really into this anymore. So I stopped. And then came to uni, met Ferg, and then Tom. We were all wrestling fans, and then that sort of got me back into wrestling. And again, now I'm massively into it again, and I've got a podcast. So, you know. I think that's it, isn't it? When, you, when you've got other people that like it. It's yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I played, I played SmackDown 1 and SmackDown 2 on the, uh, the good old PS1. Probably a, oh. bit, probably a bit before your guys' time. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, and then, uh, well, I didn't have Sky when I was a kid, and obviously it was all on Sky, really. Mm. But uh, Channel 5 had WCW on Friday nights for an hour. Yes. So I used to play the games, but as I, got, as I got a little bit older, I just 
because I, I didn't have any exposure to it or anywhere to really watch mm. it on these pre-internet days. Yeah. So, whereas then, then when I come to uni and met some people and then mm. I just I could actually watch it and get into it, so. So yeah, where was I, the first, sorry, Sean. I think that I think that's kind of it about wrestling. I, well, it's like that with anything, you know, whether it be any other sport or any other hobby. It's like you're only going to really it, it's easier to get into it when you have other people to kind of talk with. But I think wrestling is kind of taking that a bit further because not only can you be a wrestling fan without anyone to talk to, but a lot of people are like, uh, you watch wrestling and I can kind of be more off putting more so. So that's why when you actually have people that like talk about it, it becomes a whole lot easier. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we started like when we, when was it like, was it Tuesday when we sorting the house out and we were watching uh, raw and like our, our housemate Eli, who clearly does not like wrestling, but he was like now and again he was like this is fake this is fake and then and then there was other bits where he was like okay that was actually pretty cool and it, it is a massive social social thing which yeah. i think is is sick um but what i was going to say is where did you so did you start training uh in in the kamikaze pro dojo or did you start training somewhere else before that um i'd like to say officially officially i'd say it was the kamikaze pro dojo because right when i was when I was training in Middlesbrough, um, looking like at, at the time, I thought it was the best thing ever. Um, but looking back, it, it, it wasn't really wasn't really up there training wise. I mean, I was I was debuting in Rumbles after about six weeks, six weeks of training. So, I mean, at, at the time, it, it was good and things, and it, it yeah. gave me it gave me a solid base um, to to bring into Cami with me. Like I could I could already already bump and do a few moves and was was kind of comfortable running ropes and stuff like that in the ring but yeah I've been at the been at the Kamikaze Pro Dojo since day one wow I love that I'm the only OG the only OG left yeah there's no one else Mm. from that first training session that still still goes jeez yeah because I saw that uh, when I was just looking at some of your matches that you've done because I've only known you for like the past year but um, I was just looking at some of your older matches and like you face like Gabriel Kidd and obviously he's in Japan now and that was like was it Live 2 or Live 4 I think that was or, like one of the first Kamikaze Pro shows I will for, I will check for you <laughs> <laughs> I can I, I can never uh, I can really never remember the specific shows it was on that was quite an early one though yeah uh, it was this- afternoon show that was um but yeah i think the when the dojo started um we didn't have the live shows or anything like that um so there was i think i did a couple of i did a couple of the main shows and like we did one at gatecrasher which is prism now and oh where is it yeah i think i think it was about kamikaze pro live eight or nine Wow, so, that's mad. Like, quite a way into it, yeah. Um, the first show was back in April the 10th, 2016. That was the first old George show. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Who, was, who was on that card? Like, is there anyone you, off the top of your head? Do you know anyone who was on the card? Uh, me, obviously. Yeah, I was on that <laughs> uh, that, that was before the Elliot Jordan experience as well. I'm looking at the announcement. If was, that, Jordan. Uh, was that when you were the Wolf of Broad Street, or was that? It was, it was back in those dark times. Oh. 
The world. <laughs> That's brilliant. There was me, Athos Lee Hunter. Um, you, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Miki. You'll you'll probably have I mean, people referencing him at training. Yeah, or I've, I've heard, yeah, I've heard him reference. Yeah. There was him, um, Amari. Amari was on that show. Um, we had another guy called Liam Doyle who did like this uh, drunk Irish, drunk <laughs> Irish gimmick. That was actually so good. That Sean, was, like, you found your. Uh... Yeah, that that's just my gimmick. If I ever make it, I'm just doing. Yeah, that. You, someone had put him in a headlock, <laughs> and he'd just fall asleep on him, or like a, a lock. <laughs> like, brilliant. They were really funny. Um, so there was just, there was just them guys. Um, I do believe Hammer Healy came in. Uh, he I don't believe he was on that first show though. I think he was on maybe two, maybe Camel Cosby Live two or three. Yeah. Um, but I, I I really do remember that show though because me and uh, me and Mika were both in singles against each of the Hunter brothers, and um, and we did like the stupidest stupidest twin magic. Because um, the the hunters had already kind of, they'd already done it to us. Um, no, sorry, Mika, Mika had come out and helped me in in uh, my match. We do like, we kind of messed them up a bit. And then when it was Mika versus Jim, Mika was down and I slid in, and I was pretending to be pretending to be Mika, the Polish, <laughs> Polish, completely different sets of gear, completely different looks and everything. And I was standing there going to the ref. I was like, yeah, Germany, Germany, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Oh, that's brilliant. So how did you um how did you end up going from someone like the Elliot for well, the Elliot Jordan, the Wolf of what was it? Wolf of Broad Street. Street. Wolf of Broad Street, yeah, to uh to the Elliot Jordan experience. Was it just something that over time you, you didn't really suit uh, this whole rotary gimmick. Like, were you younger and then you got older and you were like, maybe I could be the, this sort of experience that people are going to, well, experience? Yeah, that that's pretty much it, I think. Um, like as, as, as I started in Cami in the dojo and things, uh, the cop says very, he's, he's very character-driven and things, James is. Um, so I kind of came, I, I came up with that Wolf of Broad Street character I me. Mean, when I first moved down to Birmingham, I was living on Broad Street and working on Broad Street. Um, so it, it, it did kind of come together naturally sort of thing, but I'd kind of come up with the character before I'd really wrestled properly. Um, so I, I, did not, I just didn't really enjoy it per se. Um, yeah. I was kind of finding it a bit forced doing, all yeah. the, doing like that character sort of thing. Um, and then I remember I was just sitting there with James, um, and he just he, he turns around and I says, "Oh yeah, we need we need to we need to change your character up, sort of thing. Uh, needs to be needs to be something different." And, and we were we were having a little brainstorming sesh, thinking thinking of ideas like some wild stuff were being suggested. <laughs> I'd always got I'd always got the heat for being for being upside down for having me head on upside down and stuff because. All wrestling fans are just bullies, like all yeah, of them. they are absolute dickheads. <laughs> so he, he, he turned around. He was like, "Right, we need we need to think of something that um, that is just that is that is the whole upside down head thing." Um, and in my couple of matches prior to this, I, I, I think I was actually against Sean Sean Devine, 
And I kept on saying, oh, this is the Elliot Jordan experience. You're going to get the Elliot Jordan experience sort of thing to him. Uh, and then maybe a match or two before then, some fan had shouted, oh, you're bald at me. And I genuinely <laughs> don't know where it came from because I've never heard the two words together in my life. But I just turned around to him and says, oh, it's not bald. It, it's streamlined and aerodynamic. <laughs> it, it, it just kind of, it was just a magical moment. Um, so I just turned to James and I was like, well, why don't we just, why don't we just do this? We'll just have the character be called the Elliot Jordan experience. Like not just Elliot Jordan, it has to be the Elliot Jordan experience. And I'll just say I'm the most streamlined and aerodynamic entity in professional wrestling. And then, um, we, we went with that for a couple of matches and I think, I mean, you, 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 you've seen the character in action. It is, mm. it is probably quite similar to the to like the whole Wolf of Broad Street persona, yeah, like yeah, yeah. VIP, <clears throat> VIP dick, pretty much. Yeah. But I just felt a lot more comfortable, and it was it, it's that whole cliche about being turned up to a hundred. It is it is pretty much me just being as as big of a dick as yeah. I can be. It makes it fun, and then when and Colin had the announcement in, it just all come together pretty beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I think people love as well. Because I do want to say like I've. Our people that I've watched on, on the independent scene, you are definitely one of the best heels out up there, like on, on rosters. Um, not because like you're a mean guy, but you're yeah. just a dick, which is what wrestling fans love in a heel. Like yeah. look at MJF right now. People love someone who's a dick, but he's very he does not switch his character at all, right? And people love someone uh yeah. who is a dick. And I've got to say that I've seen that I actually am on your new merch, so I will be requesting well, some. <laughs> so I'm the king of the low blows uh, merch. So after the podcast, we'll sort some like cuts or something out. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I, I saw that you were in there, and I tried to get it blank out, but it was just too much hassle. So I thought, I'll, <laughs> I'll make you famous. Brilliant. So um, <clears throat> at the moment, obviously, we've been in a bit of a weird time for wrestling and and well for the world, really. Um, yeah, yeah pretty much. WWE, AEW, and like Impact as well, they've sort of adapted to it very well. What do you think? Mm. Have you been watching AEW or like a lot of wrestling in lockdown or or not? Uh, you know what? It, it, it might sound quite bad, but I haven't, to be fair. I watched, I used to watch AEW on the regular, and, and I, I wouldn't, I haven't really watched WWE for years, but I would watch like little bits like certain matches and clips and things. Um, but I think at the start of lockdown, I just, when there was no wrestling, no training or anything, I just kind of took a step back from the, from the world for a bit and mm. didn't, didn't really watch anything. And I did, I, I did go on and I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. Let's see what it's like with the no crowds or anything. And yeah. I just know it just isn't, it, it isn't the same for me. It's quite, yeah. even though like, when you're watching it at home, you're not there. I mean, it is exactly the same apart from there's no crowd. Um, but it, yeah. it, it's just a bit too different for me. Um, yeah. I've been yeah. trying rewatching a lot of the uh, Cami shows all the way through and things like that. But I think they've they've done well. Um, I mean, I'm, I still see the ratings and things that they get. So they're still getting the high numbers and stuff in America. Mm-hmm. But I suppose when they've got a when they have the fan base like they do and the, the contractually obliged to be putting these shows on. Yeah. So I think I think they have done very well in that sense to to make it work. It's just yeah. probably just 
me. But to be fair, before lockdown, I didn't really watch a lot of wrestling, to be fair. I think when you're training a couple of times a week and then you yeah. obviously at the weekends and things. I'd watch yeah, matches here and there. Um, but actually sitting down to watch a two-hour show it's a lot it's of effort. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. It is. I don't. I don't blame you. I mean, I get that a lot of people. You know, whenever sort of lockdown happened and the world just kind of stood still, you know, I don't blame you for just like saying, "All right, I'm gonna just sit out for a bit." You know, mm-hmm. you, you said, "I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna have a little break for myself. If everything else is on break, I'll have a break." You know, mm-hmm. don't really blame you. Sometimes, sometimes what to do. And you're right, it is kind of hard to get into wrestling now with the, the no fans. It does it, it loses that sense of atmosphere, you know? That's it, yeah. Un- un- yeah. That atmosphere. Yeah. It's just, it's so have you, have you found that um, because of lockdown, you've wanted to take a step back from wrestling? Or have you found that now it's been lifted, you want to get straight back into it? Because what was really quite cool to see was uh, loss... Fede, oh God, I can never say his name. Um, Federalist Dos yeah. Santa. Yeah, so he he decided that because of lockdown, he's enjoyed taking a break from wrestling and he's decided, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. Were you quite shocked to see that that something like that that happened? And do you think that's the same for quite a few a few people coming out of the other end? Like they've decided that I don't, <laughs> wrestling isn't actually for me anymore. I can imagine quite a few, the, the, there's probably been quite a few people who have been mulling it over and things. Um, to be honest, I was absolutely gutted, absolutely gutted when uh, Santos retired because yeah. in, in the last few months I've got to have, I've, I've got to have a few matches, a um, few matches with him in and stuff and just from him being backstage, he's, he's one of the nicest, most entertaining, like genuine people uh, that this industry's got. So he's going to be really missed but at the same time, I was really happy. I was really happy for him as yeah. well that, that he'd, he'd come, that he'd managed to make that decision, and because it, it's obviously best for him. But um, I think at, at the start, it was nice to just take a, take a few weeks off. Well, a couple of months off, like your body got, <laughs> my body well, got a years off. Bit. Yeah, at the start, I thought oh, it's just going to be a couple of weeks, so I was just eating cake and brownies and sorting all that. <laughs> <laughs> And then it, it turned into a bit longer, but I think at, at the start it was nice. Uh, it was nice to have the break. Obviously, the body, the body really needed it. That that was a bonus. And um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just itching. I'm really itching to get back in now. I mean, I've been training, uh, training at, at the unit probably for about the last three, four weeks, like with a couple of the guys and stuff. So ready. I'm re- ready for. It. I mean, I, I can't see shows coming back till end of the year more than likely January. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. By then I'll be pulling, I won't be pulling my hair, I'll be pulling my beard out, but <laughs> yeah. I, I can't see why some why some people who love the break that much that they've come away, but for me, I'm just ready. Mm. Like, if yeah. someone around and says, can you, can you do a show for me tomorrow? I'd, I'd be there. Like, just, just, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm very excited to get back to it. I want to drop people on their head. Yeah. <laughs> drop people on their head. <laughs> Um, what I was going to say was, do you think that that wrestling is going to be really weird going back? Because we're going to have this whole thing where fans have to be distanced. We're going to have a limited amount of fans. But 
Do you, could you think there's a possibility that we could have like empty crowd shows like and put them exclusively online like maybe streaming because personally I don't think there's much hope doing that because someone like yourself mm. and I want to talk on behalf of me and Hass we build off a lot of wrestlers build off the crowd yeah you go back and there's course. no crowd you are nobody like no, you're, you're someone but you're nobody yeah. because you rely on a big crowd to perform well yeah. No, that, that's it, 100%. I mean, you can have most sports, like look up, I mean, football are doing empty empty stadiums and stuff at the moment, and it, it's working yeah. perfect for them, but they don't, they don't really need that, that fan interaction sort of thing. Um, but as in, in wrestling, you've got, in a singles match, you've got the two wrestlers, you've got the ref, but then the fans are really as, as big a part, because just... You, as a heel, for example, I listen to the crowd and see, oh, the the they they're giving it to the face like it's ready to move on to his his hope or a comeback sort of thing. You just you, you're constantly listening to the crowd, changing things because of their reactions and things. So I think if the crowd isn't there, it it, mm. it just makes it a lot makes harder. It, yeah, yeah. I think and the I, whole logistics, the logistics yeah. of it as well, because I think. Even though you could probably you you could get them to to stream and things, are they really going to pay the same amount as it, as the would as the would for like a ticket to actually go to the venue and with yeah. enough buy it to make it it financially viable mm. for the promotions and uh, things like that? Like I've seen a few a few places are on about doing outside shows. Oh. Uh, yeah, that is. Imagine in this heat doing that. Oh, oh you die. <laughs> Couldn't do it. You <laughs> die just sitting there, not even wrestling. Oh, man. It, it's bad enough under the under like the lights in a venue with no aircon. Yeah. Un, under this sun, right, there's not a chance. I'd need the ref to be standing there with like a super soaker or something, just constantly, constantly wetting us. Oh, oh. <laughs> you do like you could do like that's a weird stipulation. Inferno yeah. matches, you could do it with like fucking get some paddling pools, whack them around the ring, and instead of tables, you have like pool matches. So the last one to go through, well, oh. the first one to go through wins. To go you through to a pool. As soon as I yeah, I'm onto every promotion I work for, I'll be like, I want a pool match. It's <laughs> like my Lego table match stipulation that I'm dreaming of. Don't start oh. with the Lego table match. He doesn't <laughs> stop. What's, what's a Lego table match, Fergus? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Elliot Jordan experience. <laughs> so, basically, my idea is that this is going to be my debut. My debut is going to be a Lego tables match uh, with whoever wants it. And what it is, is it's a whole match where under the ring we have boxes of Lego and you have like Lego weapons and Lego in the ring because you can relate more to treading on Lego than you can to getting put through pin tacks, right? Through the fun tack. True. Put in? I true. No, that's true, definitely. Yeah, exactly. So the winner, uh, it's, it's basically a tables match, but it's a Lego table instead. So you've got to build, well, it's half built, and just get put through a Lego table, but you can like use all these Lego weapons through the match. But the match only ends when they're put through the table. So, uh, yeah. I mean, on, on, on paper, great, great idea. Yeah. Great idea, but I've I've been hit by steel chairs. I've I've had a guitar smashed over my head. 
I've been through thumbtacks, I've been through snow, but one thing I really would not want to do is get slammed onto Lego. That would <laughs> like there is no tomorrow. Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll happily, I'll happily do that match with you, Fergus. Just, just that satisfaction <laughs> of getting to slam you through the table and oh. being able to see that look of absolute, oh, absolute. It's actually pain. on my bucket list is to go through a table like legit and and a la- and go for a ladder as well. I'll put you oh, through. T- I'll put you through a table. We won't even, we don't even need to have a match. I'll just put you through one. Don't worry oh. about it. Anytime. <laughs> no, ladders are all right. To be fair, ladders are decent as long as as long as you just like hit into it. Like the impact's fine. It's when you hit into it and like slide down, and then it's that. Oh, like, oh that's I was watching last night. I was watching Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon at SummerSlam or something, right? And oh, it was a ladder match. No, it was SummerSlam. It was for the Intercontinental Title, and. Shawn Michaels is climbing, his leg slips, Razor Ramon pushes a ladder, Shawn Michaels' leg bends like, like a swan's neck and the ladder falls on it. And then Razor Ramon just jumping on his leg. Oh, oh it was horrid, but yeah, irrelevant. Anyway, uh, what were you going to say, Shawn? I was just going to say, how do you find, because obviously we were, we were just talking about how the empty shows and... One of the things that tie into like the whole no fan thing is that you can't build off, you can't work off the crowd reaction, but you also can't tell how over you're getting. Mm. So you don't know, say if you try something new with your character, you don't know if that's actually working because there's no one there to, to cheer or to boo and to let you know this is working, this isn't. Like I think that was one thing that AW said recently that they're holding off on giving anyone a major push because they don't know if it's going to actually work and they don't want to give a wrestler their thing and it's not actually going to work. So how do you think, does that sort of affect you? Like, how do you think that helps you if you're trying to like adapt your character or if you're trying to adapt your moveset, like you're in training, do you think, how's that working for you? If you think there is no one to sort of tell you what your direction is. No, that, yeah. no, that it is very extremely difficult. I think because you can you can have an idea in your head that you think, oh, this is gonna this is gonna do really well, yeah. uh, and then you, you you turn up to a match, you do it, and then it, it just really just just bombs. Um, but obviously, if there's no if there's no crowd there, you yeah. you're not gonna know, so you, you can't gauge any reactions or anything. I mean. The, the closest you can get is probably checking Twitter, checking Twitter after the yeah, show, yeah. and and no one wants mm. no one wants to do that. To be fair, like you, exactly. you, you can't get a, you can't gauge an actual reaction off the Twitter and things. So I can kind of understand why a lot of people are playing it safe, like just yeah. in the matches and stuff, doing things that they know they know work sort of thing. Um, extremely extremely difficult. Um, I really do think wrestling is something that has to be done in front of in front of a crowd. Definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. And so with that, just with whenever you're in lockdown and you have, as you said, you've been training a bit. How has training been for you in lockdown, or have you taken this time to to adapt and to work on your game, or are you just, as you said, sticking to sort of what you're already doing in training? Um. To be fair, I think the the last 
the last maybe three or four weeks, we've just been. I think I've had I've had one week back in the actual Kamikaze Pro Dojo, um, and in them sessions, it's just been we've been doing like the drills and things, just get, not not really doing matches or big spots or anything, just kind of getting back getting back into the run of things at the moment. Uh, but then in the in the sessions I've been going down down to just with a couple of the lads. We we've just been doing drills, like running running yeah. drills, cardio conditioning things. And uh, we have to, we have been working on moves and things like that, but it's just been just just been just the move. We haven't really been really been trying new things really or anything like that. 50s, just, yeah. Yeah, which pretty much we've just been going back to basics, working on the basics and things like that, because I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer that your body has your body has a bump count. You've got a certain amount of bumps that you can your body can physically go through. And mm. uh, so at the moment, while shows and things are still a few months off, I've just been working on fitness, things things like that, doing the drills, positioning, yeah, conditioning, uh, stamina, things. Yeah, I've I have seen a bit, like people have been putting videos online of stuff of them going along and and doing crazy bumps and all things like that. And I just think, well, the, the, there's, there's, there's no not point. point at the moment. Nah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. We Luckily, we have a crash mat at the unit I go to. And even yeah. even when we've just been doing a little a little snap suplex, it, it's been on the crash mat. Like, the, there isn't any point putting your body through it at the moment. Like, a few months when, when I can start to see shows on the horizon, Hundred percent. I'll be in there trying, trying new things. I'll, mm. I'll try loads of different new things. So when it comes to them first few matches back, I can really, tr- really try and gauge them, and then come out of lockdown. Hopefully, come out of lockdown a lot better than I went in. Yeah. Yeah. So cause that's what I was just gonna ask. So once we come out of lockdown, do you have any kind of concrete plans for yourself and your character? The next experience V2. Yeah. What's the, what's the next experience? Oh. Netflix uh, exclusion. <laughs> Netflix exclusion, yeah. Um, to be honest, I think before lockdown, like um, the past maybe 18 months before lockdown, I really, really stepped up, got out of my comfort zone. I went from... I went from just being a, a dojo graduate, a dojo graduate, so to speak, on the Kamikaze Pro shows, um, to being. The, 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 this is a quote from the promoter and fans, just to be the, the the most over and most hated heel on the show. Um, you are. You definitely are. Yeah. I've got that. Uh, uh, most of the places I work, I've kind of, kind of grown into that. Like I'm a champion at Warfront and. Just, I, I just love being the most hated, hated man in the room. So mm-hmm. I think when lockdown comes out, I really wanna, I really wanna step up, especially in Kamikaze Pro. I wanna go for him. But I've got the relentless title at the moment. I've done, I've, I've had that, like say, the longest reign. I've beat some, beat some big people for that, and had a good, even the build up to that with the bled. Um, like I went on about an eight nine match unbeaten run. Won the, won the ladder match, um, cashed in. Uh, and then I've had the belt ever since, and we've done some really cool things with the belt. Like we had the Luke Douglas in a lift match. So that was a that was a personal highlight. Um, and now I've got the my first match back for Kami is going to be the the main event against Custom for the. Wow. Um, 
Uh, Winner takes all. Well, I mean, if... if, Yo! Touch touch wood, I've still got the Relentless Division title going into it. Uh, So if I do, he's he's putting his title on the line. So we'll have to see what the manager say about that one. But yeah, I think that's that's my next step. I really want to step up into that main event picture in in Kamikaze. Um, That's my goal. That's my you definitely are someone who can who like I've I've heard this from quite a few people. Um, you're usually when you're in the live shows, you're someone who will go up against some of the upcoming graduates. So you've been against like Chantel Jordan, you went against Alan Carter, um, and you went up against. I know you and Luke uh, went up against uh, Kira McQueen and George Lydon. And what a lot of people have said is they've loved working with you because you put people over so well. And that's something that a lot of companies need. So I would like to see the Elite Jordan experience in a lot more, a lot more places come 2021. So hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. you've, you've definitely got much more ahead of you. So. That's, on the, that's on the cards as well. I mean, I work for, at the moment. I've got I've got Kamikaze Pro. I'm doing pretty well. I'm, well, I'm doing very well. There. I've got the live yeah. shows. Um, I'm the champion over at Wolfrun. Um, you've got FCW down at Baggers. Um, I'm really enjoying being it, it. That and Wolfram, they're not the they're not the biggest places, but uh, we've got a really good, really good core set of fans in a good locker room. So I just yeah. enjoy being there. But then uh, I've I've started working with Southwest Southwest Wrestling as well. You should really check them out. And um, first couple of shows I did for them, I was I was quite nervous going in, and um, just because I wasn't sure if I'd be be hated um, like I'm used to being. But yeah, I absolutely hated going in there. So I think when when lockdown comes back, I do wanna I do wanna get out to a lot more places. Um, yeah. But going back to what you said about the putting people over, um, I love the fact that James has put a lot of trust in me on the live shows. Uh, like Chantel, you you mentioned uh, she she debuted against James, um, who's obviously our coach. But then I was the first match. After that, um, I wrestled Alan Carter, one of his first matches. Um, Jardell, one of his first, I think yeah. it was his match. Um, George and Kieran, I mean, they, George has been, he's had quite a few matches now, and so has Kieran. Um, but yeah, they were they were quite up and comers at the, uh, at the time of that match. So it is really nice to have that trust placed in me that I can go out with these people yeah. who, who I've, I've got to not carry them through the match, but... I've kind of got a lead and uh, use the experience. Pardon the pun for that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But as a heel, I think it, the most important thing as a heel is is putting is putting the face over because yeah. if they're not over, then they're not going to get any reaction when they come up and start start beating me up, sort of thing. And yeah. honestly, there's, there's no better feeling as when a face starts laying it into you. That the crowd are just on the feet, super happy for this good guy, because I, I think if it is well, they're, they're just happy that I'm finally getting me come up and and getting seen, the, the yeah. scene to be beat up. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love that's it. Brilliant. So, do you like? It's it's a bit of a long shot, but quite a lot of wrestlers always have this dream of going to Japan, uh, wrestling around the world. Is that something that sits in your mind um, about wrestling in foreign countries at all? Well, I've, I've I've been over 
I've been to wrestle in Poland twice. I did Malta once, and then I've done Prague as well. And um, but obviously, yeah, I mean, every every wrestler, I think, if if they said that they wouldn't love to go and sign for company or anything, would probably be lying. And <laughs> so the answer to that is sure. Yeah, I would love to. If if anyone, if any any of these companies come in and offered me a deal, I'd yeah, you you'd take it and things. But I think with the way the way that British wrestling is going at the moment, and I'd just love to be able to do this as much as I can uh, yeah. for as long as I can. Mm. And even if, even if you're just wrestling in front of twenty people, or you're wrestling in front of twenty thousand, like it's still it is still that same feeling and things like that. So as long as I can carry on doing this for as long as I can, I'll be happy. It, when I finally hang up the hang up the boots, as long as I can just look back. And, and and be proud of what I've achieved, then then I'll be happy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that's the same for everyone, really. As long as yeah. you yeah. don't want to do something all your life and then look back on it in ten years and be like, "Well, I could have done this." You you got to look at it like I've I've done some fucking sick shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's I think like that's one of the main reasons we started this podcast is to focus on the British indie scene because it's just such a brilliant scene at the minute, which, yeah. you know, allows people like yourself to just be content and you're like, you're happy, you know, you don't, you're not sitting here thinking, oh, this is shit, you know, like you're happy in this yeah. scene, you know, and because it gives you a great opportunity and a great experience, <laughs> experience, you know, and that's, uh-huh. that's why people love, that's why people love this, this indie scene in this country. Uh-huh. That's it. I mean, all, all the way I look is all I can do is is keep trying to improve and to to keep keep working towards being the best version, the best version of myself. And if that if if that gets me signed anywhere, great. If 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 it doesn't, and I just carry on doing what I'm doing, great. I've still got to I've still got to live the dream of stepping into the ring. No matter no matter which way I look at it, I've still got to do that. So I'm happy. Love it. Uh, before we end, uh, I've just got one big last question, uh, which I feel like it's a basic question, but it's pretty wham. Uh, what sort of match sticks out to you the most uh, out, of, out of all your matches? Maybe it was your debut or the first time you won the title match or the ladder match. What's your match that sticks out to you? Um, yeah, what's the match that sticks out to you the most? Um, that's a good that is a very good question, you know, Fergus. It, it, like, <laughs> oh, Fergus. There's a, well done. <clears throat> there's a few, to be fair. Like, I've had... I had the breakout match. and I had the breakout match, I suppose, against uh, against David Starr. Um, and, I mean, I just, I just want to point out that, yeah, he's, he's been, yeah. it's part of the guy's a vile human being. But yeah. that I'm going to say that match was... It, it was a really, it was a really yeah, good match. For at me. the time, it means a lot to you. Yeah, it meant, yeah. What I'm happened? Not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, yeah. and deny it, and because it was for me. So that that was a really cool yeah. one, that breakout one, and and I get I got to step in there with Speedball Mike Bailey, and um, just before the lockdown, that was really that was really cool. Um, but the match that I look back on has been probably my favourite or anything was me versus Clint Margera. It was, leave. It was May, May um, last, May last year or the year before. I am, I am really hopeless with the dates. Yeah, uh, 
but that was a no DQ for the Kamikaze Pro Championship. Um, and I suppose being someone who'd, who was in the dojo from day one, and it, it, it took me about four years and that was the first time that was the first time I'd a challenge for the for the main title in Kami, uh, and that that was a big that was a big big thing for me. Um, and Clint, he's as long as I've been in in Kamikaze, he's always been a really good guy, like someone I can look up to and things. And obviously now working in the bled with him as well is really cool. And it was my first no DQ match as well. Um, and I remember I was so. I were incredibly nervous before. Uh, I ended up getting the the thumbtacks. Like he brought the thumbtacks out, um, yeah, and you watch. Of course, he did. I'm just lying there on the on the ring floor, and I see him, and then I think I'm, I'm lying there like shaking my head. Oh. Uh, and I think if you zoom the camera, in, you could probably see my lips moving. But I'm like I'm I'm trying to psych myself up because um, there's what was it in tornado DDT through the thumbtack. Oh. I mean, the, the heat I got over my head, it, it, it just wrote itself, unfortunately, for me. Um, but then, yeah, DDTs me, pins me. Uh, I kicked out. Like, I think everyone in the room was adamant that was going to be it. But I kicked out, and then I'm sitting there, and I've literally got about, maybe about 10 thumbtacks like, oh. sticking in my head. Oh, and The crowd chanting it though like oh he's got thumbtacks in his head he's got like obviously to a tune and things that was it yeah that was it they were literally dripping the head like oh it was, it, it was amazing um and then uh what did i do to him i hit my finish on him he i i, I came within within a second of winning that title and i think for that moment all i think ev- everyone in that room was pretty sure i was going to win win the big one as well and obviously, I I didn't. I, this, you'll see. I hit this move on him. He kicks out. I went for I went for a concerto on him. But as I'm sliding out the ring to grab this chair, my legs literally go from underneath me, and I was I was genuinely just just in in the moment completely. And earlier in that match, I'd been slammed. We went outside because it had been it had been snowing for the few days building up to it as well. Uh. So, so he he slams me into some snow. God, that nearly killed me. Like, <laughs> I literally lying there, gasping for air, absolutely gasping for air. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. And then some fans started kicking snow at me. And <laughs> I threw a snowball at Clint. I actually missed and hit the ref. And then I got the second one. And but I think it, after that match, like Clint, as soon as he'd won, he won, he, he got out of there really fast. And I was just lying there in the ring. And... And I got a stand innovation, a stand innovation from the full, full room in it, the the Bourneville the Cadbury Club. It was packed out as well, and and I think that moment will always stand out for me because even though throughout my whole time in Kamikaze, I've been been just a huge a huge dickhead, and to have that moment that they had the faith in me to challenge for that title, and. It was a big match. It was like the, it was the first ever time I'd been in a, any sort of main event as the first half main, and to get that standing ovation and, and kind of recognition and appreciation from the fans, um, I think I'll, I'll always look back on that as as probably a big as a big moment for myself. Yeah. Well, that's that's brilliant. 
That's sick. Well, thank you very much. Uh, obviously, we appreciate you coming on massively, uh, and it was actually really nice to. I, like, I've I've known you for a while now. And I've never actually properly heard anything about your stories or anything. So, thank you for coming on the show. Um, is there anything that you do want to say? Shout anything out? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I suppose we should say the story about backstage at the last last Kamikaze Pro Live show, um, where I just got I, I, I was wearing the kick pads for the first time. And we're all back. We're all backstage in the room, and Fergus was there. And I just says to him, "Oh, Fergus, come here." I said, "Let me just test these out on you." And I, I, I kicked you in the Never seen. I've never seen a guy go down so fast. <laughs> was like, uh, that was horrid. It was. That was like, out. You know, in fight club where he gets punched and then he falls to the floor, sort of thing. <laughs> that was like you in that moment. I just wanted to wanted to point that out. Yeah, if I was like, you want to shout out your Twitter and you're like, you're a bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my, you can hit me up on Instagram and Facebook. It is the Elliot Jordan Experience. Um, and on Twitter, it is EJordanXP. Actually, let me, let me just double check that. I could be, <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, my Twitter is, yes, it is. It's Elliot Jordan XP. Um, so yeah, yeah, go on, follow me on, follow me on all my, uh, all my things. And uh, like Fergus said, I have a pretty sick new t-shirt coming out, the king, king of the low blow, um, which is, it, it's literally just a still image of me low blowing, low blowing, uh, I think he was 14 at the time. <laughs> it's probably the best low blow I've ever done. It's like, you know, when you see American football kickers when the foot's literally at a 90 degree angle. It's like that, and then this poor, this poor kid's about four foot in the air, and uh, one of my proudest oh, moments. I remember yeah. filming that at ringside, and I was like, my hand was shaking. I was like getting really hyped, and when you did it, I was like, ah! Ultimate oh. bad, the only way I could win, low-blowing low, low a 14-year-old kid. Just the way it goes. Oh, brilliant. Oh, well, what a be club. sure to, if any... Any promoters are listening, be sure to book the Alec Jordan experience because he is the greatest heel you can have on your roster at the moment. He will put any of your top stars over um, and low blow any any kids you've got on your uh, on your roster. So thank you very <laughs> if much. If you need a kid to get a low blow, we got a man for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a good laugh. Oh, really brilliant, good yes. It's been great. Thanks very much for coming on. It's been a great... Brilliant. We'll see you all soon. Check us out where you find all your podcasts. with me Spotify, Apple Music, or I oh, don't fucking know. Check out our YouTube channel. Check us and out. remember, all aboard the Tamina train. End it. End it right now. Fergus fucking ended. Stop the recording. Fergus, stop the fucking recording. All aboard the Tamina train.